I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode number nine of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and welcome back or even welcome for the first time. If you are here for the first time, please go back uh, to episode number one and work your way through. You don't have to, but uh, for to get a, a rough idea as to what this podcast is about, it would, in my opinion, be uh, a good idea uh, to do so. Uh, once again, to those of you who have uh, been providing any form of feedback, be it constructive feedback or uh, or good feedback, to be honest, the majority has been uh, amazing feedback, not even just good feedback. So I'm absolutely delighted. And uh, obviously, with the way that things are at this moment in time, podcasts, I would imagine, would be quite popular, along with uh, streaming and things like that. So welcome, anyway. Today, uh, I'm going to start talking about the Jacobites. Uh, we we kind of started with the last podcast, which was on the massacre of Glencoe, but there's a lot more just to the Jacobite story than would really meet the eye. It was it was a major major part in Scotland's history. So I think it's a good idea to start at the beginning and and work our way towards the end. So uh, in later episodes we're going to be talking about Bonnie Prince Charlie, the uh, Battle of Culloden, and then ultimately one of the main requests that I've ever had uh, regarding this podcast was to talk more about the Highland Clearances and things like that. You can't really talk about the Highland Clearances without setting the scene. And that is uh, a thing about Scottish history and something that I love so much about it is not every story can just be told from... from from. The, you've got to start at the beginning. You can't, you can't just start at the end uh, of it. Uh, so it's better to kind of start at the beginning. And uh, so the Jacobites were really the beginning of it. The time known as the Jacobean period or the Jacobite period uh, was really between 1688 and 1750. It did last a whole load longer than that, but that's the, uh, in terms of the, the, the wars, the uprisings, etc. So the term Jacobite, it comes from Latin, uh, Jacobus, meaning James. So to be a Jacobite meant that you were a supporter of James. The James in question was the now exiled King James VII of Scotland and second of England. Jacobitism was like a secret society with various little codes to show that you were a Jacobite uh, Jacobite supporter. One of those was a white rose which was adopted round about the 10th of June and this was to signify James VII's son's birthday, so James who became then James VIII. And then after the birth of his two sons, his first uh, son Charles and then his second son Henry, 
the white rose on the 10th of June would be accompanied by two rose buds underneath the rose. There was other ways that shown to be a Jacobite were shown in, in public, but you couldn't really show that you were a Jacobite in public. Uh, because they were the, mini- the minority, you had to do it in a kind of secretive way. Now, before a dinner or before a party or whatever, you would normally make a little toast or during a, a party or whatever, you would, you would make a little toast. And there was two in particular that became synonymous with the Jacobites. The first of those was the Jacobites would raise a glass to the little gentleman in the black velvet coat. This was a toast that was being drank to a mole so, you know, the little burrowing, blind, burrowing animals. Um, William the uh, William of Orange, basically, who's mentioned in the uh, Massacre of Glencoe story, William the Third's died as a result of a fall from a horse. The horse had stumbled on a, on a molehill, so on a hill that was left behind by this burrowing mole. So the horse tripped up on that, William fell off and died as a... Um, as a result of that. So this this toast to the little gentleman in the black velvet coat, mole skin, velvet, it was a toast to the mole that built the hill that killed William. And the other one was to raise a glass and toast to the king over the water. But you couldn't say to the king over the water because then everybody would know what you were talking about. So the Jacobites would have a jug of water that would, or, a, or a glass of water or something like that on the table and what they would do is they would raise their glasses and they would toast to the king and one by one wave the glass over the jug of water to signify that they were then drinking to the king over the water over the water of course being in France and then latterly in Italy for this reason as well um, just as an an additional little fact uh, jugs of water were actually banned in Buckingham Palace uh, from this time until the until the the late 20th century Um, so you you couldn't find a jug of water in Buckingham Palace um, on any of the dining tables um, which I thought was quite interesting so there is a common misconception about the Jacobites, and these common misconceptions usually come from modern media. For example, let's just put it out there, Outlander. Um, The common misconception is that Jacobitism was another war between Scotland and England. It wasn't, and also that it was just Catholics versus Protestants sort of thing, uh, which was totally untrue and totally unfounded. Jacobites were from all over the place. Jacobites could have been Scottish, Highland, Lowland, Islanders, whatever. They were also English, Welsh, Irish, French, Italian, Spanish. They they came from all over. Basically, to be a Jacobite meant that you considered that the exiled Stuart monarch, so James the Seventh, and then James the Eighth. Prince Charles, etc., uh, that you considered them as the true monarchs of Britain. That's what being a Jacobite was. Um, so it wasn't just to do with Catholicism and Protestantism. There was Protestants who thought that James, regardless, was by divine right the 
actual true monarch of Britain, so therefore he should be returned to the throne. Now in total, the Jacobite uprisings, Now, so there's there's two different ways in which you can explain Jacobitism, uh, or, the, or the, the wars as such. Jacobite uprising and Jacobite rebellion. Essentially these really mean the same thing, but the Jacobite uprising is the pro-Jacobite side of things. So you know, if you were a Jacobite, you would call it an uprising because you were rising up against the enemy sort of thing. Whereas the rebellion, Jacobite rebellion, was the anti-Jacobite side. So it was a rebellion from the eyes of the, the British government, basically. In total, there were five attempts to restore the Stuarts to the throne. The first of those was in March 1689. James VII and II landed in Ireland but was defeated on the 1st of July, uh, sorry, in 1690 at the Battle of the Boyne by William III. And as explained before then, after William III's death, due to injuries sustained after he fell from his horse, which had tripped up on a molehill, again hence where the little gentleman in the black velvet coat comes from, James VII's sister Anne took the throne, during which the second attempt was made from France but failed in 1708. Anne was also considered to be the last ever Stuart monarch. Um, not even just considered to be, she, she realistically was. She was the last monarch to sit on the throne with the surname Stuart. When she died, she was replaced by George, the Elector of Hanover, who was the great-grandson of James VI, Mary Queen of Scots' son, James VI. Now, George himself, George I, uh, was German. He was from Hanover, obviously, in Germany. Um, and he didn't speak much English. He didn't really care for Britain at all. But essentially, he was given... Uh, he was basically just told, listen, this is your country now. You look after it from now on. And you're you're now the king. And he took it. You know, who wouldn't, really? So the third attempt to restore the Stuarts was in 1715. This is when the Earl of Mar raised the Jacobite clans to fight for James VII's son, also called James, and known around the world now as James VIII of Scotland and Third of England. The reason why he was known as King James VIII or Third uh, is because James himself was again brought up a Catholic. The one person in the world who would release the news on who the new monarch was, was of course the Pope. Is the Pope a Catholic? I think so. So that's where you get that from. Um, however, James VIII was also known by anti-Jacobites as the Old Pretender. During this uprising, Mar led the Jacobites at the Battle of Sheriff Muir on the 13th of November 1715, which did end up a draw. But James VIII arrived in the Firth of Forth, uh, just basically at Edinburgh. Uh, he arrived too late, and then the French ship took him back to France. So that basically put an end to that one. So that was attempt number three. Attempt number four was in 1719. This was an attempt hugely supported by Spain and Spanish troops, but this attempt ended after defeat at the Battle of Glenshield. Now, with the fourth attempt, 
uh, a lot of people will probably know of Elan Donnan Castle. Now, Elan Donnan Castle sits in a place called Loch House. Well, it sits on the edge of three separate lochs uh, in Scotland now. I mean, we're now on episode nine, and I don't think I've explained what a loch is. Uh, a loch is it's very similar to its English counterpart, which is lake. Uh, so Loch Ness, for example, is is the Lake Ness, etc. But we call them lochs. Please continue to call them lochs. And uh, if you wouldn't mind as well, practice that pronunciation, loch. So Elendonan Castle sits at the meeting point of three lochs. You've got Loch Duich, Loch Alsh and Loch Long. Uh, this is one of a few Loch Longs. Uh, but uh, so Loch Alsh is the uh, the county, I suppose that, you, that it's that it's in. So it's the area which is known in is called Sky and Loch Alsh. It's just before you reach uh, the end of the Scottish mainland to head over to the Isle of Skye via the Sky Bridge. So Elendon and Castle was quite a big part of this particular uprising. Uh, that is where the Spanish troops had been garrisoned. Uh, they were waiting there for supplies to come in from France and from Spain. They were waiting for the, the big supply ships carrying gunpowder, weapons and uh, and that sort of thing. Um, but instead of these supply ships coming, uh, there was three British naval ships that came up instead. Um, these three British naval ships started bombarding that castle Um over the course of three days, basically just absolutely bombarding the castle with gunpowder and um, cannonballs, etc. Uh, but the castle was quite strong and it stood firm. Um, on the third day, the British commander basically led his troops ashore to the castle itself and, uh, and the Spanish troops inside therefore surrendered. After the surrender, uh, the British troops then decided to prevent the Jacobites from using this castle as uh, any form of base once again. They ransacked the castle, they find uh, whatever weapons, etc. that they could. Um, but if uh, memory serves me correctly, there was about 300 barrels of gunpowder uh, hidden underneath the castle, in the in the stores underneath the castle. The British troops took most of it, but they left around about 30 barrels, set up a fuse, lit the fuse, and blew the castle to smithereens. The castle which sits there now, uh, which is famous from f so many films, um, James Bond, The World Is Not Enough, probably one of the biggest ones is Highlander, I think, I think that's one that most people would recognise it from, and um, I think a more recent film is Maid of Honour, uh, of course, people have got a lot of spare time at this moment in time. Go and watch those films. Uh, I mean, Highlander of those three films, in my opinion, is probably the worst of them. Um, but that's just for supernatural reasons. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand that film. Um, but uh, Elendon and Castle is featured in, uh, in these ones. Um, I also mentioned another film on the Facebook page that I saw last week. It's a film about Robert the Bruce. Unsurprisingly, the film is just called Robert the Bruce. Highly regarded as um, a sequel almost to Braveheart because Angus McFadden, who played Robert the Bruce in 
the original Braveheart film back in 1995. He reprises his role as Robert the Bruce. He wrote most of the film. It's not that great. I wouldn't recommend not watching it, but I also wouldn't rush to go and watch it. Um, it's also in that film. Elan Donning Castle is also in that film. The Elan Donning Castle, which stands today, was built on the original um, foundations left by this explosion uh, in 1715. Uh, but the castle, as we know it now, was actually completed in about in the 1930s. Uh, a lot of people think that the castle's a lot older. Um, I mean, it's an impressive castle. I recommend that you go. If you're ever in Scotland, I recommend that you do go and see it. Uh, but it's uh, it's not as old as uh, as you might think. So the fifth and final attempt was what most Scots would just refer to as the 45. Uh, 1745 into 1746, August 1745 till April 1746. And this one was led by Prince Charles. Bonnie Prince Charlie, the young pretender. But that's where we're going to pick up on the next episode. Uh, so we're going to pick up on uh, on that in episode number 10. So again though, although Jacobitism has been explained in most media to be another fight between England and Scotland, it was far from it. It is easier to be explained as a religious civil war. A tough time for Scotland before, during and after as we're going to find out as we go through the next few episodes. So that's it for this week. Once again, I just want to apologise uh, for the for the lack of uh, podcasts over the last few weeks. There has been a lot going on uh, over here, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, I was going to be going back. I was I was kind of saving that for a um, for a time, but uh, I was going to be going back to become a full time tour guide. Uh, but this uh, this worldwide scenario has kind of changed that. Uh, I did, uh, however, manage to get another job uh, driving buses. So uh, I'm uh, I'm not stuck uh, by any means. Um, but. Uh, Thank you for all the well wishes, folks. Uh, please continue to uh, connect on the Facebook page. Uh, obviously, just go to Facebook, type in the Scottish History Podcast. You'll be able to find me. Um, Twitter as well, at Scott History Pod. And email, same thing, scotthistorypod at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube. Go on YouTube, type in the Scottish History Podcast. And uh, you'll find the author Owen Innes. Just click on that. I've set it up as a um, playlist. So once you go there, you can click on that and it'll just play you episode three. It starts at episode three, uh, episode one and two. And the first of the bonus episodes are stored, stored pardon me, on an old laptop um that is not functioning correctly at this moment in time so because of that i can't gain access in order to put them up on the youtube page i might be able to find another way of doing it but at the moment it's just from episode three onwards 
Uh, we are, of course, still on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, many other podcast-related uh, websites. Please head to those websites. Please give us a little listen. Give us a, re- a rate, a review via Facebook, whatever. Please send me some emails. Give me some suggestions and things like that. Um, yeah, uh, what you'll also notice is I've decided to not put music uh, in the podcast anymore. A um, couple of reasons for this. The song I was using, I thought was, um, I, I bought it from a website, uh, but it turns out that it is still copyright protected, so therefore I don't want any uh, any issues with that. The, the music will remain on the, uh, on the original podcasts, because then that takes away my views and listens unfortunately selfish reasons um i do write a little bit of music myself but if anybody out there has any music plays the bagpipes for example um i would very much like to hear from you um to uh to see if we can maybe collaborate and get a a proper uh theme song for this podcast uh moving forward that's the plan um the other reason why is potentially I would maybe like to in some way monetize this podcast. It does actually cost me money to make this. Um, I mean, it's not a huge amount of money, but, uh, you know, um, so I was thinking something along the lines of Patreon or something like that. Just send it like a pound a month. If I get 10 people, 15 people, 20 people, you know, 20 pounds a month is more than enough to keep this going. However, I don't want to be cheeky because I haven't actually had a podcast out for a couple of weeks. Um, But uh, moving forward, I should have plenty more time uh, than I ever did before, uh, especially over the next week or so. I'm going to try and stockpile some of the, uh, the podcast moving forward. Uh, but anyway, that's enough. Let's uh, let's end that there. The next episode will be on Bonnie Prince Charlie and the Jacobites moving on from what we've just talked about today. If you've got any questions, again, please send them in. Facebook, Twitter, email, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Please check us out. Uh, share it around your friends as well, especially at uh, this uh, this difficult time someone out there might be interested in what we're talking about here so once again thank you very much for listening and i'll speak to you next time